Hello and welcome back to Thematic Mander. This week we're going to be going over our Zerg deck from StarCraft in the three-part series that we're going to do on StarCraft. So, here we are. Awaken, my child, and embrace the glory that is your birthright. Know that I am the Overmind, the eternal will of the Swarm, and that you have been created to serve me. So, hello everybody and welcome back to Thematic Commander. Uh, thank you for coming back. I know it's been a little bit. Obviously, it's always going to be a little bit, but that's okay, because we're back. And just to start it off, we're going to go over a little bit about my week. So, uh, I was able to play in my D&D game. With the D&D game, we were up against these uh, face-hugger, squid-like things that could fly. And we were just about to face the biggest one, and the biggest one was in the center of the town. So we were there. We had set up our javelin. We were going to shoot the javelin at the biggest one. Um, the combat started. And immediately found out what the small ones do is they're not so much as, like, combat, but what they will continually do throughout the entirety of the combat is they will immediately fall onto your head and give you blindness, which is a... Our DM made it so it was just disadvantage to everything so you roll 2d20 and take the lower of the two um so i started off the game i'm the fighter i was trying to get our um i think he's a dwarf mechanic to shoot off the bolt so i could get up to the larger one but what happened to him is uh some of the squids kept falling on his head so i kept ripping them off one after another it was just a strength check i hit the mic on that one sorry about that uh while our three three tiefling yeah, I believe it's three tiefling um, shot arcane magic at it, obviously. And then I didn't realize one of them was kind of a druid. He literally just, <laughs> we're level five, we're going on level six. So he literally just grabbed the biggest one with like basically earthbending and started dragging it down. Uh, I guess every round it came down 60 feet. So at the end of the first round, it was down to 20 feet, which was pretty decent easy enough for most of our um or for our rogue to hit it with arrows and then the magic was also being well done like that every round we cycled through uh our dm rolled a d6 or it was a d yeah d no a d8 to see how many squids attacked us and for the most part they usually got onto our heads so for a lot of this uh encounter we were rolling blind and then i was able to get on top of it um, after we shot off the uh, ballistic arrow. And for the most part, I didn't do a whole lot but pull squids off of people's heads while our mages and everything started shooting uh, fire at it and lightning and basically using up all of their spell slots. They got it down, I guess, to a low number. We didn't know because obviously we wouldn't know. What ended up happening was most of our tiefling started to go into death saving throws because they kept getting hit by the big one because a tentacle would come down and smash into somebody. Um, it also had like legendary spells where it would cast like a black hole next to you uh, or just shoot a bolt at you to the point where we were down to two, three, four. No, we were down to three people left. The rogue, uh, one of the tiefling and me, uh, one of the tiefling shot or one of the the last tiefling shot out their last arcane bolt and then was about to faint and die. Uh, the rogue was just hiding. He's kind of silly sometimes. And then 
I was the only one left, and I made the finishing blow on it, and I did all of maybe 10 damage in the whole fight. I probably did 30, whereas most of our, uh, most of the party in total, all of them, probably did upwards of 600. No, that's probably high. Probably 500, whatever. It was a lot. And for me doing 30 in total, uh, I get the killing blow on it. We save everybody. After the big one dies, all the other ones, small ones die. They all were embedded with crystals. And then the crystal that was in the middle, or the crystal staff that was in the middle of the town, it was up to us to get it out of the town. We ended up, I ended up strong arming it out of the ground uh, while, and a bunch of other things. Kind of crazy. If you want to know, you can uh, DM me if you'd really like to know. Uh, but then I come to find out the... Basically, a horde of zombies came into the town as we were collecting all these crystals and everything. So we had to hide in the inn. And then I find out my youngest brother is actually in this horde of quote-unquote zombies. I think they're just being mind-controlled. I hope they're just being mind-controlled. Knock on wood. Uh, but we'll find out in the next game. So now we have a dark staff that is filled with necrotic energy and a bunch of other things. And we have a town that basically only has four survivors. Uh, so my downtime is looting the town, kind of looking for survivors, quote unquote, but also taking what I want. Uh, when it comes to games of magic, I was able to play a couple games of magic this week. I played one or I played my uh, mill reanimator deck with Zerasan the trickster. Uh, I was able to go off pretty well with it. What was it that happened? Oh, I just got into an early ramp, or I got really, really early ramp with a bunch of mana rocks, and then was able to get out uh, Zareth. And what did I take? I took something. I took, I took a Mind Stone, but then I also got a Rexial out, and then got a Demonic Tutor from one of my opponents. Demonic Tutored for what I probably should have Demonic Tutored for was the new court. The blue court that mills people every turn and I get to draw a card off a monarch. Um, what I did instead was I got the one that traumatizes everybody at the everybody at the table. Uh, so I traumatized everybody. I thought I was in good position, but somebody got a return or dusk dusk and dawn. And I thought I could I don't know. I don't know what I thought, but I shouldn't have gotten I shouldn't have remanded the Dust of Dawn to their hand, and then I also shouldn't have reanimated their, well, Xerath out their Elish Norin. I should have uh, Xerath out somebody else's Sunblast Angel and killed the last of the creatures that were on the board. But that's just the way it is. Uh, and in the same game, or in a different game with the same people, uh, I played my... Um, it's the four-color everything but blue commander. Look it up real quick. Everything but blue. Sasuke of the Unyielding, uh, which is a equipment deck. And I actually got to do something pretty cool. I had Sigarda's Aid out, and I had the new red god in my hand. And my opponent goes to enchant uh, Gift of Immortality on their... We're getting there. We're getting there. Onto their Daxos the Returned. Uh, and I was able to flash out the new god, the new red god as an equipment, equip it to auto equip it to one of my tokens, 
tap it, remove it, deal three damage to the Daxos, uh, and have the Daxos die before the Gift of Immortality got put on, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, we ended up dying the next turn to a Sneak Attack Perforos when he Sneak Attacked out a Stone Idol and also a... I think it was the Treacherous Crew. Is that the one that also doubles damage? But whatever. So that happened, and that was where my games this week. Um, and now we're going to get into a little bit about the deck. And the deck and Zerglore. Zerglore! You have questions. The primal Zerg say the swarm is corrupted. What did the fallen Zelnaga Aemon do to us? He desired our strength, the ability to steal essence. But we were independent. We would not follow. And so he bound the Zerg to a single overriding will. They lost their identity and became his slaves. The hive mind. That's Amon's corruption? It is. And a terrible fate for a strong primal Zerg. So, um, that was illustrating. And I guess I'll I'll probably put it at the beginning of this spoilers. Um, so that was basically a dialogue telling you where the Zerg originated from. So the Zerg Swarm is originally from Zerus. It was created uh, by the Zelnaga, which was another alien race. Kind of a, I don't know if you would say godlike, godlike beings, but they were basically so advanced beyond anything that lived now. And they re basically reset the universe every time uh, life would get too advanced and they would take the most advanced culture make them into a zelnaga and they would keep recycling that um unfortunately amon one of the corrupted zelnaga uh broke the cycle and then killed all the other zelnaga with the zerg they went over and they found where the zerg were um like it was saying it took a primal zerg and created a hive mind in which they could control all the zerg use them to kill Use them to kill the other Zelnaga, but then what ended up happening is I think Amon had to go into hibernation or was killed by the Overmind at one point, and then the Overmind uh, started to take its swarm and go across the universe. Uh, and this is where we start meeting up with the Terran and the Protoss. Uh, the Protoss developed a scorched earth policy, or whatever they came across a world that was filled with Zerg, they would literally just burn it to ashes uh, being the only way they think they could control them uh, humans Terran came across them and basically same policy but they tried to save the planets more often than not uh, which is sometimes to their downfall because they would just become infested uh, Zerg entities um, as you go through a lot of Starcraft 2 you understand that the Zerg in total are controlled by a hive mind when they're not being controlled by an overriding will like Kerrigan uh, being the Queen of Blades. And there's more to these stories, obviously. I'm just trying to go over a little bit of how the Zerg work in essence, essence. instead of the actual entire story because it's played over uh, two games and five expansions i think it's in a crazy amount 
Um, but the Zerg work, they're used by a whole hive mind. Uh, they are constantly evolving to adapt to whatever environment they're in. If they see a creature from that area, they will absorb it, take its DNA, splice it. And if that splice works well, they'll keep it for the, um, for the swarm. If it doesn't, they deny it and they destroy it. Uh, or sometimes they'll keep it for other times when they're on different planets. So like cold resistance and stuff like that. Uh, there is a funny scene in one of not funny cause it's sad cause it's a, a dog dies. Um, but there is a scene where you see Zerglings that have been augmented with a blue furred dog. And then you just start seeing Zerglings with blue fur, uh, because they thought that that was the appropriate thing to have in their swarm at that sense. Um, for the most part, Protoss cannot be infested by Zerg just the way it is. And that's the way that is, uh, more about the Zerg, you can go onto the Wikipedia, you can play the games, which I would suggest. Even though the originals are pretty poorly animated for this time, uh, when I was younger, they were great, and the storyline felt so good. Uh, the first story really put you in the, like, the seat. You were a part of the swarm. Same with Terrans. You were a general, an unnamed general, because you named yourself. Uh, and the same thing with the Protoss. You always felt like they were talking to you, that you were the one making the decisions. Whereas in uh, StarCraft II, great game. I loved playing it. But you were Jim Raynor. You weren't, and you were um, these epic characters that you got to play alongside in the first one. But yeah, for the most part, uh, I loved that kind of gameplay. They talked to you in these cinematics and everything like that. It was great. Anyways, uh, the EDH deck that we chose, um, or the tribe that we chose to represent the Zerg is the Slivers. Uh, for the most part, a lot of people would make that similarity. There is a lot of similarity in the Scythe-like patterns and the uh, Hydralisks and the Ultralisks just being that... Slivers also uh, tend to work with each other and build on each other, which is basically what the swarm does. You want to have a well-rounded swarm. Um, we can do a little bit of the sliver lore. Um, so, a little bit of history about the slivers. Uh, they were native to Dominaria for the most part. Uh, that's where wherever we've ever seen them is on Dominaria. Uh, the sliver queen was a major part, or had a major part in the Weatherlight saga, I believe, um, like, again, I would recommend going and listening to the Vorthos podcast. They have an entire section on slivers, um, and I might just leave it up to that. Kind of feels like a cop-out a little bit, but they will definitely explain it a lot better than I will. I do have a brief understanding of all the slivers, but for the most part, they work as a hive. Um, they follow the sliver queen. They adapt off of each other. Uh, they were wiped out at one point. And then Reborn, and that was just kind of everything. We're getting them back in Future Sight uh, Remastered, so maybe it's a good time to go over it. So, yeah, I will have a link to the Vorthos podcast episode, I believe, uh, where the slivers are discussed and introduced. Uh, but with that, let's go on to the deck. Tell me about your work. Look at flesh, see only potential. Strands, sequences, twisting, separating. 
joining. See how it could be better. Eat flesh, splinter bone. Inside me can touch it, weave it, spin it, make it great. But not perfect? Never perfect. Perfection gold that changes, never stops moving. Can chase, cannot catch. <laughs> you certainly have your uses. So, alright, that took me a little bit longer than I wanted to, but let's start off with our commander. Um, now, this is one is a little expensive, being upwards of about $320. Uh, so, you might, you, there's plenty of other legendary slivers, and you can obviously make like the first sliver if you want to be your first one. But Sliver Queen is Kerrigan. Everything is different. I could always hear the swarm, control it, but now... I feel the swarm. Now I am the swarm. Uh, if you want it to be, this is Wooberg. Uh, it's a 7-7 legendary sliver. It counts as a sliver if it's in the original text. And you can pay two to create a sliver. A 1-1 colorless sliver. Um, so obviously Sliver Queen, Kerrigan. If I would love at some point to get a altar of it, but we'll see how that goes. As time goes on, it gets more and more expensive. And I'm sure people have gotten it before. Um, so the base resources, what I'm going to be using as our ramp or quote-unquote minerals. We require more minerals. Basically the way you pay for things in StarCraft are going to be all of the arcane or all of the signets that can produce either red or green. And then soul ring. So those are all of our minerals including chromatic lantern. Uh, just to square out our mana in this deck, for the most part, we are playing a lot of red and we're playing a lot of green. Uh, our Vespian Gas, which I think is kind of funny, is going to be uh, Farseek and Rampant Growth. We require more Vespian Gas. As well as a Hearthstone. Uh, are just some things. Hearthstone, if you're not too familiar with it, it's uh, a three mana artifact. This costs or artifact with the ability, the cost of each creature's ability, let's get the Oracle text up. Activated abilities of creatures cost one less to activate. This effect can't reduce uh, the mana, can't reduce the mana in that cost to less than one. Uh, so with this and a gem hide sliver, your sliver queen, I believe can go infinite uh, in creating just one ones for the most part. Now the things that collect our minerals, which be our drones. Drones also create uh, our buildings and our different our different buildings in the game. Our drones are under attack. As our drones, we have Gemhide Sliver and we have Mana Weave Sliver. Both are slivers that give other slivers. So I will read out the first part of this so that basically you know most every sliver does the exact same thing in giving each sliver their abilities but i'll read out the first ones here so gem hide sliver and mana weave sliver both say one in a green one one sliver all slivers have tap add one mana of any color to your mana pool uh the only difference between the two is mana weave sliver in the newer slivers doesn't give that ability to other slivers that aren't 
under your control. So Mana Weave Sliver gives it to only slivers you control. Gemhide Sliver gives it to all slivers. So in case you're going up against the mirror match. Uh, our base units. So the first and the smallest unit that we have, uh, quote-unquote, the smallest unit that you can individually create are the Zerglings. So you might have heard of Zerg Rush a lot. So Zerg Rush is usually you just create a bunch of these really fast and hopefully can get an opponent, uh, get the other player down before they can establish any resources. Uh, in this slot, we have a lot of low-cost slivers. We have a few three drops, but for the most part, they're two drops that give us an effect that it's good in combat. So two-headed sliver gives all of our slivers menace. Sidhu sliver gives plus one, plus one to all our creatures, or all our slivers. Uh, Predatory gives plus one, plus one to all of our slivers. Muscle gives plus one, plus one to all of our slivers. <laughs> uh, Leeching sliver. Now, when this is whenever a sliver you control attacks, defending player loses one life. Uh, Hunter sliver. All sliver creatures have provoke. So provoke is whenever a sliver, or whenever, sorry, whenever this creature attacks, its controller may have target creature defending player uh, controls that is untapped block it if able. Heart Sliver gives all of our slivers haste. Frenzy Sliver. All slivers have Frenzy 1. Whenever a sliver attacks and isn't blocked, it gets plus 1, plus 1. Uh, so I believe that stacks. So it's a another Anthem. Uh, er, Firewake Sliver. This is the one of the three drops that we have. Gives all slivers haste. And also you can sacrifice... All slivers have sacrifice. Uh, this permanent target sliver gets plus 2, plus 2 until end of turn. And then Blur... Blur Sliver is two in a red, two, two. All Slivers have haste. The next unit we have is the Hydralisks. Hey, everybody. So I realized that most of the quotes for StarCraft, the Zerglings and everything like that, all their units, are basically just grunt noises. So I'm going to stop putting their quotes at uh, the beginning of each of the units. For the Protoss and the Terran, I will, because they actually have uh, witty and interesting quotes. But sorry about that. Okay. Bye. So Hydralisks can also attack flying units. Um, that's not really depicted in any of these. We do have one sliver that gives all of them reach, and we'll get to that. But <clears throat> what I tried to do with our Hydralisks is give them diverse abilities, because um, these are kind of your bread and butter unit if you want to be able to do attack the ground or the ground or the air. Uh, we have Sludge Sliver, two in a red, two two. All slivers. All slivers have this creature gets plus one, plus one, as long as you control a swamp. And all slivers have pay one black, regenerate uh, this permanent. We have Bill Greedy Sliver. I believe that's how you say it. Uh, two in a red, two, two. Uh, all slivers have menace, again, just with the old wording. Homing Sliver. Now, this is a pretty good sliver. It has slivers. Each sliver card in... Each player's hand has Sliver Cycling, and Sliver Cycling is you can pay three, discard this card, and search your library for a Sliver, and it is also a 2-2. And then Lava Belly Sliver, whenever, or Sliver creatures you control have, whenever this creature enters the battlefield, it deals one damage to target player or planeswalker, and you gain one life. And it's a 2-2 for one and Boros. Uh, next up on the ground units that we have would be the roaches. Uh, roaches are only units that can attack the ground. And they're very effective against infantry units. Um, I substituted them with uh, fungus sliver. 
So three and a green, two, two, all slivers have, I'm not going to stop saying that. Uh, whenever this creature is dealt damage, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. Put that many? No, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. Yeah. Uh, and then also toxic sliver, uh, three and a black, three, three. Slivers basically have death touch, but the creature can't be regenerated. I do have a creature type for the Baneling. Banelings are just a, they're the upgrade to a, a Zergling, and they basically kill themselves. They are suicide units, but they are very effective against giant groups of uh, enemy units. So we have Psychon, we have, Psych, we have Psionic Sliver. So Psionic Sliver has, uh, all slivers. This creature deals two damage to target creature or player, and then three damage to itself. So, obviously, you can change all of your slivers into banelings if you really want to. I wouldn't suggest it, I guess. But you can also get them big enough where uh, psionic sliver doesn't kill them when you tap them. Uh, and it can be just kind of like this kind of cool overrun. If opponent's at, like, ten and you have five slivers out, you can just get rid of all of your slivers and kill an opponent. Uh, Infestors, these are the Zergling spell class providing ground support and can move uh, while burrowing. Uh, I chose to use Magma Sliver. So Magma Sliver is three and a red. It has the ability tap target sliver gets plus X plus O until end of turn where X is the number of slivers on the battlefield. Uh, so if you're swinging with just two creatures or one creature, uh, you can tap all of your slivers and give them continuous pumps like that if you want to. Uh, an infester, kind of a similar kind of thing. But for the most part, uh, infestors, I think they could turn units. They could infest buildings so they didn't work and other things like that. But for the most part, not too bad. Our mutalisks. So mutalisks were flying units. Uh, they could attack ground or ground or flying units. We have... Cloud Shrieker Sliver, which is Boros for a 1-1. Slivers have haste and flying. And then Wing Sliver, Slivers have flying. Then we also have what's called the Scourge. So Scourge were one mana, or one mana, huh. Uh, Scourge were suicide air units. So much like the Banelings, they would just destroy, um, destroy themselves on air units. So we have Glide Rider Sliver, one blue. Uh, slivers have flying for a 1-1. Then the units that are basically our supply depots which are the Sliver sliver Overlords and the Sliver Seekers. Now, I didn't use Sliver Overlord in this um, because I think it represents more of the Queen unit in StarCraft II. Uh, for, for the Overlords, I used Plumonic? I used Plumonic Sliver and uh, Quick Sliver. Plumonic Sliver, uh, all Slivers have Flying which is kind of relevant because when you get to the uh, I th sliver overlords could carry sliver units um, and deposit them around the field and everything like that. And uh, all slivers have, if this permanent would be put into a graveyard, you may put it on top of your library instead. That can basically be the transport, the transporting version of the overlord where you suck up these units if they die and you put them back into play whenever you want to. And then Quicken Sliver, uh, it's a flash sliver for one in a green. Any player may cast sliver spells as though they had flash. Um, so this is just our flash unit uh, being able to drop 
units as a overseer a little bit faster. Um, they also moved a lot faster, whereas the overlord moved very slowly. Like I said, our queen unit is going to be our sliver overlord. So Wooberg for a 7-7. Seven, seven. Um, this can also be your commander. You can pay three, search your library for a sliver card, reveal it, put it into your hand. And then you can pay three, uh, gain control of target sliver. Uh, sliver queens are also psychic units that would be able to control slivers on their own in the storyline they are able to create their own and control their own broods so sliver overlord's pretty um reminiscent of that in its own story ultralisks so ultralisks were a little bit harder there were some bigger units units huh. um there were some bigger zerg that i could have used but i believe these two represent ultralisks a little bit better because they are your final highest costing units uh, Sliver Hive Lord and Sliver Legion. Sliver Hive Lord is Wooberg for a 5 5. All slivers are indestructible. Sliver Legion is Wooberg for a 7 7. When I say Wooberg, it's one of every color. Um, all slivers, it's a. All sliver creatures get plus one, plus one for each other sliver on the battlefield. So you count up all of your slivers and they all get plus one, plus one for each other sliver. So then you minus one for the amount of slivers you have on each of your slivers. We have our Corruptor uh, in Shadow Sliver for two and a blue. For a 1-1, one, one, all slivers have Shadow. Um, now, Shadow will not allow you to block anymore, basically, unless an opponent has a creature that has Shadow. Um, but it also cannot be blocked by creatures without Shadow, uh, whereas the Corruptor can only attack flying units uh, for the most amount of damage. That's why it's such a restrictive unit. I thought I'd put a restrictive creature or sliver into the deck and then we have broodlord uh broodlord only attacks ground units but it also uh sends out small or zerglings broodlings to attack those units so i put that in with brood sliver funny enough uh four and a green for a three three whenever a sliver creature you or sorry whenever a sliver deals combat damage to a player its controller may create a one one or may create a 1-1 one, one creature token. A 1-1 one, one sliver creature token. So a good way to get an army off of all of your slivers. I do have a version of the Swarm Host. So this is a siege unit spawn timing spawns timely locuses to uh, send at targets. They do, I believe, attack ground and air units, or that might be an upgrade. I am representing this with the first sliver. So first sliver is Wooberg for a 7-7. Seven, seven. It cascades. And then sliver spells you control cascades. So this is just you creating the host and continually rolling out units. Uh, the Viper, aerial support unit, able to blind groups of targets, uh, units, and abduct enemy units to its uh, position. So it basically drags them to its position. Uh, there's a couple that this was kind of a grab-all because it is such a versatile unit. I put in uh, Crystalline Sliver, gives all your slivers uh, hexproof. Diffusion Sliver also gives all of your slivers um, a type of shroud. Whenever a sliver you control becomes a target of spell or ability, an opponent controls, uh, counter that spell or ability unless its controller pays two, and it's a 1-1. One, one. Uh, necrotic Sliver, all slivers have pay three, sacrifice this permanent, destroy target permanent. And then Opaline Sliver is one Azorius for a 2-2. Two, two. All slivers have, whenever this creature becomes the target of spells or abilities an opponent controls, draw a card. Um, just because it's a support unit and there's a lot of supporty things like that. I do have 
a larva, and larvas are basically what you spawn all of your units from. I put both the clot sliver and the and the crypt sliver in there. They're both slivers that regenerate. Um, regeneration just being the cycle of life for these two. One tap, one gives slivers the ability to just tap and regenerate themselves. The other is pay to uh, regenerate this creature. I do have some representations for the lurker and the ravenger. So for the lurker, I went with spiteful sliver. Two in a, um, these are, sorry, the lurker, a long-range siege unit that evolved from the hydralisk, uh, burrows, must burrow to attack but does damage in a line. And the Ravenger, the Ravenger's an artillery unit that evolves from the Roach and can use corrosive bile to destroy forces, force fields and hit clumps of units uh, at a range. I used for the Lurker, I used Spiteful Sliver for two and a red for two, two. Uh, sliver creatures you control have whenever this creature is dealt damage. It deals that much damage to target player or planeswalker. And then Thorncaster Sliver for four and a red for a two-two. Whenever or slivers you control have whenever this creature attacks, it deals one damage to target creature or player. And then for the Ravenger, uh three and a white for a two-two. Slivers sliver creatures you control have double strike. Oh, another creature that we have in the Infester, which I completely forgot right at the beginning. Um, Harmonic Sliver. So Harmonic Sliver is one green, white for a 1-1. One, one. All slivers have, whenever this permanent enters the battlefield under control, destroy target artifact or enchantment. So we have some of the, well, <laughs> let's start. We have one of the upgrades, which is the Burrow upgrade, which allows all your slivers to burrow. Um, we have Shifting Sliver, three and a blue for a 2-2. Two, two. Slivers can't be blocked except by slivers. So a Shroud or a shadow, but for slivers. Uh, but now we do have some of the building units, uh, which I like to say. Uh, we have the hatchery. So that's the first building you have that collects all the uh, minerals and creates the larva, and you upgrade to get more upgrades for it, is Growing Rights of Ithlamog, two and a green. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, look at the top four cards of your library, you reveal a creature card, from among them, put it into your hand, and then put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. And at the beginning of your end step, if you control four or more creatures, transform it. And this could be you upgrading it to the lair, into growing rights, or into Itlamog, Cradle of the Sun. And it's a Gaia's Cradle, but it can tap to add one green um, by itself as well. And then we have the Nihilus Worms. So the Nile Nile. Nihilus, Nidilus, Nidilus, Nidilus. The Nidilus worms are in. Um, the Nidilus worms in the game are the new transport structure of the Zerg, similar to the Nidus cloud canals of StarCraft One, produced from the Nidilus network. Unlike Nidilus canals, which could only be placed on creep, Nidilus worms may be spawned anywhere uh, within a sight range. So. These allow you to transport units around the map. Um, they're basically just giant worms that'll come out and spew out whatever units you put into them, and they can quickly transfer it between different areas, wherever the network is. Um, for that, I have Frenzy Sliver, one blue and a red. All slivers have pay zero. This creature, uh, if this creature is in play, flip a coin. If you win the flip, remove this creature from the game and return it to the 
return it to play under its owner's control at the end step. If you lose it, you sacrifice the, the sliver. And then Hibernation Sliver is Demir for a 2-2. Slivers gain, pay 2 life, return this creature to its owner's hand. So just like with the Nihilus, you're able to get the creatures in and out. Um, there is a little bit of risk because I think you can use, lose all of your units if the entire network of the Nihilus Worms is destroyed. So you have to be careful. Um, that's kind of represented by our Frenzied Sliver. We have a Spore Crawler because I kind of thought this was kind of funny. A mobile creeping, uh, a mobile creep bound anti-air defense structure. Uh, we have this with Spinneret Sliver. So one in a green, all slivers have reach, and it's a 2-2. I thought that was kind of funny. It's a weak unit. It's a weak sliver. Uh, and then we have the last card group being the spawning pit. Uh, this is the first building you need to build if you want to start getting Zerlings. Um, oh, there's one other card, but I'll go over that in a second. So I have three cards representing the spawning pit. We have the Sliver Hive, which is a land. And you can, it taps to add one colorless or it taps to add one mana of any color to only be spent on slivers. And you can pay five, tap it, uh, put a 1-1 one, one sliver creature token into the play, activate this ability only if you control a sliver. We have Living End, so three black black. Each player, uh, each player basically puts all of their creatures in play into the graveyard and all their creatures that were in the graveyard into play. You just swip swap the battlefield in the graveyard. And then we have Haunted Voyage, um, similar to, well, no, sorry. Haunted Voyage says, for Black Black, it's a new card from Kaldheim. Choose a creature type, return up to two creature cards of that type from your graveyard to the battlefield. If the spell was uh, foretold, return all creature cards of that type from your graveyard to the battlefield instead. And it costs five Black Black to foretell. Um, but yeah, so I thought those two kind of represented the spawning pit for the most part uh you can find kerrigan in some parts of the story just constantly spawning more units and i thought both of those would be a good way to represent it uh the last card i have in the deck besides the lands there's no real notables i'm just playing uh, most any land that can create red or green and then quite a few basics uh the last card i have in the deck is the greater good for two and a Two green green sacrifice a creature draw cards equal to that creature's power then discard three cards um i was thinking about going with evolutionary leap instead i believe that's the one in a green enchantment that you can sacrifice a creature and reveal cards from the top of your library till you reveal a creature uh but this is supposed to be representing the zerg recycling good material and genetics and using it for their own uh so with that that was all of the StarCraft units and all of the slivers. So we're going to go on to a note to wizards. No. I had to get you out. What have you done? What I had to. Tell that to Phoenix. Tell it to the millions you butchered. You swore you'd kill the Queen of Blades. You were the only one who ever believed in me. Do you still believe in me? So, 
Um, so this is our section where it's a message to wizards. Uh, I've already sent this one out, but I think this one was a pretty decent one. So I'm just going to read it again. Um, cause I generally wanted to know. So I sent out, do we know where, um, at wizards magic gets their data for commander? Um, and I was wondering that basically because are they taking it off of EDH rec? Are they taking it from the, uh, commander committee, where are they getting the ideas of what EDH should be to us? Um, and when they're going forward with design, like, are they um, just taking in all of the, all of the podcasts and all of the gameplay and all of these other things and seeing where they want? Are they just kind of flying off the edge of their seat, um, not looking at the data? Uh, I just want to know. So I added them and see what they say. Uh, if you're listening, thank you for getting back to me. If you do, if you don't, that's okay. But so that was our message to Wizards. If you have a message um, that you want to send out to Wizards, obviously you can go ahead and at them. Um, or if you want to run it by me first, you can always talk to me and email me. Uh, I'll give you that information at the end. But with that, uh, let's go to the end. Hey, what's that? Looks like you mashed some poor feathers, dog, Sarge. It's a zergling, Lester. Smaller type of zerg. But he can be out this far unless. Oh, shit. So, I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for sitting in on this one. Uh, just to let you know, our next one is probably going to be a short episode describing basically my history with magic, which I don't think I've ever done. Um, just a little bit about where I started, where I've been, and where I'm going. Um, and a little bit maybe about myself, I guess. Uh, we'll see if you like it. It'll be episode 20, so I thought that would be a nice mile marker to kind of go over it. Um, besides that, if you want to get a hold of me, you can at me at WolfieMTG on Twitter. Or you can email me at WolfieStar12 on Gmail or at gmail.com. Um, I try to post something on Twitter at least every weekday. Uh, one thing around 11 o'clock I try to get out there every day. It's either a poll or everything like that. I do want to thank everybody um, who did participate in the latest poll or one of the latest polls, which would have been bum, ba, da, dum, bum, 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 bum. Uh, how powerful would a one mana artifact that comes into play tapped uh, but produces a one colorless mana be? Um, I got 29 votes, which is cool for myself. Um, whereas 50 of them said just right, 10% uh, said unplayable, and 34% said uh, too powerful. Um, I just thought it was kind of interesting that we've never had... We've had Soul Ring, which is one mana produced two, color, er, produced two colorless. We've had Moxin, zero mana produced one. But we've never had a one mana artifact that produces one colorless. Uh, which was just kind of a weird step that you went from zero uh, to soul ring to like mana crypts or not mana crypts. Um, well, yeah, mana crypts, which is kind of crazy as well. Mana vaults as well. Anyways, 
um, to like Mind Stone and stuff that's two mana produce one colorless, which is kind of the uh, go-to for all of our ramp now. Um, besides that, a little bit about the games I played. So I didn't really finish uh, Hades. I thought I had, but I actually didn't. I was getting close, um, but I still have a lot to go because I didn't realize there was going to be so much more. There was going to be so many more uh, parts of the story after I've gotten the big reveal uh, at the end. Anyways, um, so we'll get keep going through that. I've beat it most of the times with almost all of the weapons, and I've started unlocking more of the weapons, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, as for D&D slash X-Files games, um, I won't have one this upcoming week, but then I have two the next week, so that's good. Uh, a weekend to relax and play some EDH if I want to. Um, and then for EDH games, I mean, we'll see. I am getting vaccinated soon, so that's going to happen on the 23rd. Uh, if you get the chance, go out and get vaccinated. Um, if you think it's okay for you, if not, it's all up to you, but I'm going to. So, all right. I just wanted to say thank you and keep it thematic. Follow your passion to the very top. Tequila Herodora. They say a man never really knows himself. Until his freedom's been taken away. I wonder... How well do you know yourself? Hello and welcome back to Thematic... Wow, that's very loud. I'm so sorry. We're going to turn that down a little bit. Hello and welcome back to Thematic Commander. This week we're going to be going over uh, the first of our three of the StarCraft races, which are the Zerg. Hello and welcome back to Thematic Commander. This week we're going to be going over the first of our three part deck series, I guess I would like to say, uh, with the Zerg from StarCraft. Uh, Mm, 